Thank you for listening to the Hillsview Men's Ministry. We are a group of men building relationships to equip and encourage each other. We're going to talk about surrendering. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny how, I think I've talked about this before, when God lays something on your heart, only this was about eight months ago, and it's just kind of slowly, I'll be thinking about it and all of a sudden, daily devotion, something will pop up and it'd be like, oh, this needs to go there. And so finally, things kind of just came came to fruition and uh, there was no speaker for this week. So, um, ta-da, here I am. <laughs> so, um, I had a quote from Andrew Murray that I really loved. And it said, God's ready to assume full responsibility for the life wholly yielded to him. That's cool. He's ready to assume that full responsibility. You know, we like to hang on to that, don't we? But to that life that's wholly yielded to him. Big question is, are we ready to yield that? It's a big question. That's a hard one. What are, what are we used to doing? Taking it, running with it, do it, we're men, we got it. And I think for men... It's really hard to surrender. For me personally, that's a that's been a tough thing in my life to just give it up. So, the the, uh, the dictionary, I love some of these uh, definitions. It says to cease resistance to an enemy or an opponent and submit to their authority, to abandon oneself entirely to a powerful emotion or influence. And we've all heard this. I would say the word synonym, but that that doesn't work with me. Like dramano. Nope, and aluminum. Um, I kind of struggle with those. Cinnamon, cinnamon, yeah, there we go. To give way, to yield, to concede defeat, to submit, renounce, forfeit, yield, resign, transfer. These are all word pictures I want you putting into your mind as we talk about surrender because we have to do those things. The legal definition really jumped out at me, though, and I just... I love, love this. And legal being, you know, like lawyer speak. So it says the word surrender presupposes the possession or ownership of a thing that is to be returned or given up. Oh, that, that's pretty good. It indicates a transfer of title as well as possession, but it does not express or in any way suggest the transaction or sale of the delivery. They got it wrong there, right? Because we were bought at a price, weren't we? Instead, it involves yielding or delivering in response to a demand. A surrender may be compelled or it may be voluntary. I thought, wow, that's for the legal guys, you know, to come up with something that kind of borderlines on, on, on the spiritual side there. But that's what we're going to talk about is the spiritual side. So in our culture, in a lot of cultures, the last resort is usually surrender, right? It means defeat. It means dishonor. It means failure. On the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month of 1918, anybody know what happened? The war was over. I was only five. I was only five. <laughs> <laughs> World War I was over. The armistice was signed. And six months later, the Treaty of uh, Versailles was uh, signed to bring peace, supposedly. Ironically, though, in 1940... There's another armistice signed in the exact same place with Hitler sitting in the same chair 
used by the French leader in World War I uh, to force France now to surrender. It's just like, boom, same place, only I'm in charge now to, to surrender. But in both cases, there were stipulations on who was going to do what, who was going to surrender, and of course, the, the losing side had to agree to a lot more than, than the winning side. During World War II, what did the Japanese do? Surrender? Never. That was dishonor. That was, they were seen as cowards. And so they would rather kill themselves than surrender. I'm willing to bet there's a bunch of us in this room that uh, have been faced with surrender in our lives. The world tells us that it's not a manly thing to do, is it? We don't do that. Maybe it's that struggle at night with a kid, crying kid, you know, that you want to get down for a nap. Maybe it's with a client, you know, who, uh, who uh, kind of has the upper hand with you. What kind of concessions did you make to bring about that deal, to bring peace? Because you had to make concessions, didn't you? And that deal had to be so that each side kind of got something from it. Well, spiritual surrender is totally different from that. It runs counter to how the world views the concept of surrender. The worldly fashion is what? It's usually short-lived. And rarely do either sides adhere to the articles that, that were brought up. But how about in your spiritual life? Once you surrendered, did you go back on the terms or was it permanent? Perhaps, perhaps, maybe you want to strike a deal with God. You know, barter with him a little bit. The ultimate surrender was, of course, Jesus. Right? He surrendered his life on the cross for us. And John 10 tells us that he laid down his life on his own accord. He was willing to surrender his will for his Father's will. We're called to do the exact same thing today. Surrender our will to the Father's will. So, under this guise of surrender and, and the military and all of that kind of stuff, um, there are terms, aren't there? There are terms for your spiritual surrender. And remember, these are non-negotiable. God's not going to ne negotiate this. We don't get to barter uh, for anything that we think, well, it might better serve me if I do this, God, And uh, uh, whether in the near term or the far term. That's not spiritual surrender. That's worldly surrender. So first, you've got to confess your sins, 1 John 1, 9, right? You must identify that you've sinned. You've got to repent from your old ways. You've got to turn from them. Acts 2.38. Believe that Jesus is your risen Savior and that through his death and resurrection your sins are forgiven. You can look up Romans 10.9-13. is great for that. And finally, surrender your life completely to Christ. And you can look up uh, Matthew 16.24-26, which we're going to talk a little bit about. There are three distinct terms that uh, from Matthew that have to be fulfilled. So Jesus tells us, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For, who desire, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it for a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? David Jeremiah said, the cost 
is exceeded only by the reward. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I love that. The cost is exceeded only by its reward. I'm going to read a little bit from Albert Barnes' his, uh, commentary I was reading on this. Um, and as I was reading through it, and it's page after page, and I'm going, how do I put this into my own words? Um, I realized that perhaps I should just read what the expert um, uh, had, had spoke on, and it'd be a lot clearer. So please bear with me as I, as I read this. The word life in this passage, the one that we just read on Matthew, is used evidently in two sentences. The meaning may be expressed thus. He that is anxious to save his temporal life or his comfort and security here shall lose eternal life. He that's willing to risk or lose his comfort and life here for my sake shall find life everlasting and shall be saved. Jesus attached a double meaning to the word life, a lower physical and temporal meaning and a higher spiritual eternal meaning. Christ warns us that we must make an entire sacrifice of the lower for the higher. For if we do not completely and wholeheartedly surrender the lower for the higher, we will lose both. When we learn how to die, we learn how to live. Indeed, to learn how to die physically is to learn how to die spiritually. I just love how he talked about the two different styles of, of life. Jesus wants all of you. He doesn't want just part of you. He wants your heart, your soul, your mind. Mark 12, uh, 30 uh, tells us to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind. Oops. All your heart, with all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. He doesn't want just part of you. He wants all of you. Every aspect of your life. I've underscored, underscored the word all in my Bible to continue to remind me that that's what he's looking for. And when I read through that passage, that all pops out at me. And I've got to remember, that's the most important part. It's not just, oop, I'm going to give him my church life here, and I'll do my Bible study part over here, and, uh, oh, we have men's over, you know, all these little compartments. He, he doesn't want just these little compartments. He wants all of you. Jared Jones says, uh, um, God does not test you so he can see how surrendered to him you are. He tests you so you can see how surrendered you are to him. Is there a secret part of your life that you're holding on to? Something that you need to give up? An area that maybe you think, I can manage this better. Don't want to bother God with this. Don't need to do that. He's got enough to worry about. Got that little, is there something in there? Well, here's a news flash. There's nothing you're hiding from God. He knows all of you, right? Right down to the number of hairs on your head. And for me, it's easier for him to keep track of now because there's fewer up here than, than there used to be. But he wants all of that. You've got to give it up. Let's talk about the three points out of that, um, out of Matthew. First, what do we have to do? We have to deny ourselves. Denying ourselves is usually equated with unpleasantness. We have to go without something. Anybody been a wrestler in high school or? Yeah, well, 
Denying to me meant no food. And wow, that's a bad thing. So guess what happens as soon as wrestling season was over? There wasn't enough food in the freezer for Cal. He's like, where are those frozen cookies? Mom said, well, let them thaw. Nope, ain't going to wait for them. They were going down. And you know, and you worked all season long to get down to uh, 155 for me. And then within a couple of weeks, that was back up about 185, 190. I mean, it's just not good for your body. Oh, did it taste good. We were talking about lard earlier today. Yeah, mom cooked with lard. Something gave you some body, some, something to, to chew on. But we have to go without something. When we deny ourselves the trappings of the world, we start to live that resurrected life, the indwelling spirit in us. We've got to grab hold of the fact that the trappings uh, we lust after aren't the center of the universe. It's not where it's at. We've got to make Jesus the center of all of that. We've got to be living sacrifices, transform ourselves, just like Paul told us in Romans 12, 1 and 2. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing of the mind so that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hmm. Transforming. That's a hard thing to do, isn't it? We get used to, this is my life, this is where I go. We've got to transform it daily. We've got to take care of that. Next, we've got to take up our cross. Or in other words, we've got to die to self. We're crucified in Christ, therefore we live. Galatians 2, 20-21 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which now I live in flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God, who loves me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for it is righteousness. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Every day I pray that I'll decrease and God will increase, so that I can do his perfect will, so that I can reflect him around to everybody that's around me. I'm still a work in progress. I'm quite a work in progress. I think he's still using 50-grit sandpaper on me. Uh, but we'll get there. We'll get there, I have no doubt. Isn't that a hard thing to do? <clears throat> die to yourself. Die to yourself. Keep that thought in your mind. I'm going to die to myself. I'm going to live for Christ. We have, if you've accepted the Holy Spirit, he's living in you already. Are you using him? Are you allowing him to work? Are you allowing him to take control of your life? Finally, we've got to follow Christ. That sounds pretty easy, right? <laughs> going to follow Christ. <clears throat> Try to be a good person. Go to church when we can. You know, believe that Jesus was real. Isn't that pretty much what it is being a Christian? Unfortunately, that's the common way of thinking too much today in so many churches and with so many Christians. We've whitewashed that truth so much that to be appealing to the masses that we've lost the meat and potatoes of what the gospel is really about. John 8, 31 through 32, Jesus tells us, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Here's a tough one for you to ponder. Do you know his word? 
Do you read it? Study it? Meditate on it? Apply it? I don't know about you, but I want to be a follower of Christ. Not just in word, but in action. That's the greatest way, you know, who was it that said, you know, uh, you're going to going to go out and, and witness to people, and sometimes you might have to use words. Yeah. It's our actions. People are watching you. That, that, that's where you're really going to be able to, to impact some people. I want to be his disciple. I want to grow in the knowledge and the love of the Father and this new life that he's given us abundantly. I want to be in that. So it's a decision, isn't it? We have to make this decision to make that step forward and then another step and then another step. So if we look at this from another angle, Matthew 13, uh, 14 through 15, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in a hidden field. When the man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy he went, and what did he do? He sold all that he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away, and what did he do? He sold everything he had and he bought it mm. everything not just a little bit he didn't go out and try and steal it he sold everything he had so he could get that treasure your surrender requires you to give up everything like Peter said we've given up everything to follow you they gave up everything can you imagine just dropping your nets and your boats and everything and your family going bye we don't know where we're going. We're following this guy. Can you imagine doing that nowadays? Wow. I don't know if I would have, I don't know. I don't know where I would be at that moment if Christ walked through and said, Cal, put it all down. You're going to follow me. And we're going, we're going places. I look at what some of the experiences Mitch has, has shared with us. Wow. David's off to, a, to, a, to that same kind of mission thing of, okay, trusting in God. He requires complete submission of your will. Ooh, how hard is that to submit to somebody? Complete submission? That's tough, isn't it? Our will is corrupt, corrupt as we seek what we think is going to give us satisfaction, which in the end is what? It's hollow, it's empty, and it's worthless. Wouldn't you rather have a treasure that's of eternal value? I can't think of one worldly thing that I have that gives me satisfaction, and satisfaction always, completely. You know what? Once you get the new car, eh, well, after a couple of weeks, eh, it's not so great anymore. Uh, I don't know. It's a Maserati, but yeah, well, whatever. You know. Uh, ooh, I got the latest, greatest TV, you know, my movie room is awesome now, and six months later, yeah, but there's this new one that's out there, you know, and that's a much better system than this one. Are we ever satisfied for these worldly things? But if we put that energy and focus towards surrendering to God, imagine, imagine where your life would go. <clears throat> Can you imagine? Can you offer that up in prayer? And just say, Lord, I'm yours. Take me where you need me to go. Again, Albert Barnes uh, says that in our daily prayer and self-evaluation, we should ask ourselves, is today the day 
Have I surrendered everything to God, and am I ready? Am I doing all I need to do? Am I being the person that God wants me to be? We must remember that life can end in an instant, but we are to live by the fear of God, not the fear of death. Excuse me. In order to learn to live, we must, excuse me, first learn to die. So again, have you completely surrendered to Jesus? Is there anything you're harboring in your heart that you refuse to give up and put your total trust in Jesus? If you're not sure, ask him to convict you of it. Careful. Careful about that prayer, because guess what? It's going to happen. And I'm, I'm willing to bet most of you out here have been in that position, and then you have a decision, don't you? Ooh. Okay, I asked him to convict him on me. It's here, it's in my face, and choice time. Am I going to follow God, or am I going to go, no, I'm not going to do it. But think about this. Where do you want your treasures? You want them on earth? Got a whole bunch of stuff. What's going to happen to it? Either the lawyers are going to determine where it's going to go or the family flocks in like a bunch of vultures or, uh, you know, thieves come in and steal or it rusts. Or do you want a treasure that's going to last forever? We're temporal here, aren't we? This is, blip. we're barely a blip on the radar. We're barely, barely a breath considered to eternity. I, I, I can't even wrap my arms around what eternity is. I mean... It's a long time. Yeah, it's, it's forever. So we need, we need to keep that in our mind. So your focus questions for today. <laughs> Are you tired of living a life that serves the world more than it serves God? Are you willing to learn how to die to self so that you can learn how to live for eternity? And finally, are you willing to give it all to Jesus and trust him <clears throat> for the results? Hmm. Surrender, trust. Those two dovetail together. To surrender, you've got to have that confidence, don't you? That he's got it. It might not look like what you think it's going to look like, but his plan is perfect. Christensen's plan, eh, you know, I've been there. I've done it. I've walked down that road going, thanks, God, but you know what? Clearly this is the way that I'm supposed to go. Muddle down in until I have to sit with my pastor and go, I don't get this, only to have wise words given to me by God of the things I needed to do to go, oh, well, Cal, maybe that's not where he wanted you to go. Maybe you weren't meant to be the Sark out at the National Guard unit. Maybe that's not where you needed to go. Maybe you weren't meant to be out at, at Ellsworth. This was after I retired. And I was like, okay, it's been three months now. And by the good graces of God, Ron sat with me, and he knew me, and he goes, perhaps you need to unwind a little bit. Those were his words. And he was so spot on. I'm a pretty laid-back guy, so it's hard for me to understand. But the position I'd come from, seven years of it, wound me up tighter than a clock. And he was so right. God gave him the words I needed, which was, Cal, you need to unwind. So I got off from my track and went back and I surrendered it to God. 
Next thing I know, old Jed's a millionaire. Well, not quite. <coughs> Job opened up at Piedmont, started as custodial. You know, Army, we're, we're good. We know how to clean, right? Which led me to working with some special ed kids while I was cleaning, which led to being a special ed para, which led me to where I am now. And it's amazing. And I thought, small cal thinking, okay, I can impact these kids. Do you know who I find out impacting more? Are teachers around me. Joe, I know you've experienced this in the teacher's world. It, you think it's this small little subset, and then when you step back and you look at what God's doing, it's like, oh, oh, okay, now I get it. But we had to surrender. We had to give that up. And that spirit will convict you. 